Hello, this is Wes and Dawn, and we're back with uh, Only One Truth and Berean Broadcast Network. And uh, we're going to come to you today with a topic. We're just going to try to bring out an understanding of, you know, a lot of people like, let's say, street ministries and maybe street evangelists, they'll, they'll, they'll be out and they'll be holding a sign that says, trust Jesus and be saved. And so there's just a lot of misconception, I believe, in what it means to actually trust Jesus. If, if trusting Jesus equals salvation, and I would say it does in a, in a biblical trust, a definition according to the Bible, what it means to trust, not just what the false system or what those people that call themselves Christians, they'll say, well, trusting Jesus is trusting in the finished work of the cross. That when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And so that means like, I, I've heard one person say this, it's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. That's false. We know this because Hebrews 5, 9 says he's the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So it has to be Jesus plus your obedience. And that's what would bring us right into James chapter two. If you looked at James, what James is contending for, he's not just contending for a a working faith that, you know, that, that happens after salvation, he's saying you have to have an obedience or a working obedience connected to Jesus's message in your salvation, because James two twenty four puts it like this. It says, uh, a man is justified. Justified means he's deemed righteous in God's eyes. So a man is justified by works. So what are these works? These are works of obedience by works and not by faith only. So what? So James is trying to give a proper definition in James chapter two, the whole chapter, you could look at it. He's trying to give you a proper definition of what is a saving, what is saving faith look like? What is a faith that is just look, looks like it's just, God sees you as a just per person as a righteous person is somebody that's obeying. And so we're trying to say this in like manner, and, and I'm going to try to simplify this. So it's not too, uh, I, not too complex. And so I'm, I want you to track with what I'm trying to bring out here in the word faith. If you click on that in, in, in the word faith, like in James chapter two, anytime it uses the word faith, It'll take you to a Greek, if you're in the Strong's Concordance, obviously, it'll take you to a Greek word. And then that Greek word, if you look at it, one of the last things that it will say there is it says fidelity. So fidelity is, is a Greek term, which means faithfulness. So faith is faithfulness, according to anybody like the 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 the, the Bible was originally, the New Testament at least, was originally written in Greek. So anybody that understood what a saving faith is, it's somebody that is faithful. This is why Jesus would say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You know, that's what's going to determine if you go to heaven or if you go to hell is faithfulness, according to how Jesus taught it. So so if you click on that word, you're going to see that it means fidelity, but there's a derivative. There's, there's another word, another Greek word that's similar to it right after the word fidelity. So if you have your Strong's Concordance, you could check this out for yourself. And it takes you to another word. 
And that word is, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it is Strong's number G382. And I'm going to, I'm just going to try to give you an understanding. This, this is what this word means. It means to rely by an inward certainty, agree, assure, believe, have confidence. It also has to do with, it says to persuade and it has to trust, to yield, to obey. So to trust, to yield and obey See, if somebody says they trust Jesus, if they trust Jesus in a biblical way, in a saving way, they're obeying him, they're fully persuaded. And so now I'm just going to toss it to Dawn and we're going to go through some scriptures to really prove what a saving biblical faith and trust or belief really is. Hi, guys. It's great to be with you today. I'm Pastor Don from the church here at Only One Truth. Um, appreciate all those that are listening today. Thank you so much for being here with us and be sure at the end of this video to click on subscribe and notification. So you'll get future um, videos such as this. Uh, we live in a very, very perilous time. The Bible says of really, really dangerous because of the false doctrines that are being preached. The scripture says in first Timothy that the, there would be many seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I, in my lifetime, has seen morality go so far in the other direction to immorality. It just uh, is it's almost mind-blowing, if, if, if it really is. Um, back in early times in my life, I know people believed in obedience. The day we live in today, I remember when we would sing a song, Trust and Obey, we sang today in our service. Uh, that's kind of taboo nowadays with the modern-day false preachers uh, to even bring out anything about real obedience that uh, as though obedience is, is not necessary uh, for salvation. Uh, as Wes quoted earlier in Hebrews 5, 9, that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all that obey him. It's not to those that disobey him. If you disobey him, you don't have salvation is what he made clear. He also brought out that a lot of people today will say it's all, it's all by faith alone. It's all by trusting in the finished work of the cross. You hear this often today, and that is just not true. You say, wow, that's a strong statement. Well, listen to what the scripture says that Wes brought out to you in James 2.24. He said that we are justified by works and not by faith alone. Let me stress, not by faith alone. So this is the opposite of what the preachers are saying today. They're saying you say by faith alone. The word, word of God says in James 2, 24, you are not saved by faith alone. So who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the word of God? Or are you going to believe these false preachers today? Another thing that is really big, and it's along with this same thing, in, in establishing the foundation of trusting, which trusting, believing, having faith in, uh, obedience, those words are all very synonymous. You can't have one without the other. So trusting in the Lord like, uh, like Solomon said in Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, and you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart. You're going you're to believe everything that he says, aren't you? You're going you're gonna to take his word to your heart and believe it and walk in it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to figure this thing out in your mind and a reason concerning things of this world is what he's saying. And then he says, acknowledge him in all your ways, 
and he will lead and direct your path. Well, you got to follow that path that he's, he's leading and directing. So we're talking about those things that, J that Jesus actually told us to do in the New Testament while he was on earth and when he was preaching for the three and a half years that he did. Now, when he came back after he was crucified and resurrected, he came back and preached to the disciples and he told them explicitly what to do. And he told them by what authority he was telling them to do it. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. So here is Jesus saying, hey, you need to listen to what I'm saying because I have the authority. And then he commanded them to go and preach the gospel to every creature, all, every nation. Now, this is after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, making, making it that this was the New Testament that he was talking this in. This was after the new covenant. So it's in the new covenant. And listen to what he tells his disciples. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So when you read the four gospels and you see there that Jesus is commanding to do certain things like go and sin no more, like be perfect as you fall in heaven is perfect. And all those things that he said, he's telling his disciples to go and teach us those things. And we're to go and teach others those things. That has been lost in the religious world today. It's so dug so deep down. The scripture, it's more like this. In Jeremiah chapter 17, it said, Blessed is the man, in verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He shall be as a tree planted by the waters and, and the roots are spread out by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Well, what is yielding fruit? Let's back up a little bit, and Wes, I'm going to give it right back to you in just a minute. But in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, beware of false prophets. He said they would come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they would be raving wolves. Beware. So when the scripture says beware, you need to watch out. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be a shining light in this time to you to bring these things to light. So here's the first thing, okay? Beware. Of false prophets. Well, how am I going to know who's a false prophet? Thank you, Jesus. He says it next. Mm -hmm. He says that by their fruit, you'll know them. Now, this man here that's trusting the Lord is bringing forth fruit at all seasons. What does what is fruit? Jesus says a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. This person is does not cease from yielding good fruit. What is evil fruit? It's sin. It's disobedience. It's the opposite of trusting in the Lord. They're bringing forth bad works, bad fruit. And he says, this is how you know a wolf in sheep's clothing. So what in the world are you doing listening to these people? They're deceiving you. They're going to they're shipwreck you in, in your faith and send you to hell by believing the stuff they're trying to tell you. You must work out your salvation with fear and trembling, the scripture says. The Bible says that he's going to reward us, every one of us, according to our works. Now, we receive him by faith, by acknowledging that we've done wrong in our past, by confessing our sin, and as, as Proverbs 28, 13 says, confessing and forsaking your sin. You must do both. That is called godly sorrow with repentance, and without that, you can't have salvation. I'm going to give it back to Wes. Wes, go ahead and take it from here. Yeah, 
just getting back to trust, like if you if you trust Jesus, kind of like what Don was talking about, you, you can't separate that from obeying Jesus. Because if I say that I trust Jesus, that means I'm trusting in his message. I'm trusting in yeah. what he said. So if he said, go and sin no more, for me to be trusting in him, I have to be trusting in that he said that I should not sin anymore. Even like what, what uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, awake to righteousness and stop sinning. Yeah. Well, we know that Paul was an ambassador for Jesus Christ himself. Mm -hmm. And if we believe in Jesus, once again, we believe in his message. And therefore, whatever he says, then that means if I really truly trust him, that means I'm going to follow and obey his teachings, obey his word. This is why Jesus would say, why do you call me Lord, Lord in Luke chapter six? Why would you call, why do you call me Lord, Lord and do not the things that I say? And so you, a lot of the people like to disconnect. They'll go to like James chapter two. And if you call them on the carpet and you say, well, you know, they'll say, well, I believe in Jesus, or I believe in the finished work of, of, of the cross, or I trust in the finished work of cross. You'll say, well, even the demons believe and tremble. And so their argument will be like, "What?" but the demons don't trust. They can't trust that Jesus paid it all. Again, if you, if you go back to what actually trusting is, you'll understand that trusting is to obey. It is obeying. Just like this, I heard this analogy a long time ago when I was a kid. A person said something to the extent of, uh, do you trust that I could walk across this uh, you know, tightrope? And, you know, people would maybe a large crowd was there and they'd be like, yeah, I trust that you could walk across the right, the, the tightrope. <laughs> so then he gets a wheelbarrow and he says, well, do you trust that I could walk across this tightrope with this wheelbarrow? And they'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We trust that you could walk across the tightrope with the wheelbarrow. And then he goes, well, do you trust that I could walk across this tightrope with this wheelbarrow and you in it? I mean, that's a different trust that that's you being a part of it. And since we know that salvation is you and God working together, like second Corinthians chapter six, verse one, we are workers together with him, lest we receive the grace of God in vain. So if you have a biblical grace that teaches you to deny ungodliness, you have a grace that believes and trust relies upon Jesus enough that you're going to get in that wheelbarrow. You're going to get in his message. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a part of that and what he taught and your lifestyle is going to show it. You're going to be a living epistle because if you're not a living epistle, what are you? I mean, are you a peculiar people? Are you different than the world? Because if you're not, then we have to say, according to the Bible, you really don't trust Jesus. And so that's why we're really trying to, to bring out like, okay, belief means to obey. How do we know? Well, John 3, chapter 3, verse 36 says it like this. He who believes in the Son has life, but he who does not obey the Son, which is the, you know, disobedience or, you know, disbelief, he who does not obey the Son shall not have life. The wrath of God abides upon him. So there you go again, directly connecting to belief, to obedience. Faith means fidelity. That's faithfulness. And then, and, and, and we're saying that faith without works or without an obedience, because that's what the work that we're saying matters is obeying Jesus Christ. It's dead. You're dead in your trespasses and sins. So we're trying to lay that foundation to show you 
that they can jump to this word and say trust is different, but we're saying no, it's not because you to to really have a true saving trust in Jesus Christ means you're obeying him. Let me give you another scripture to go with that, guys, that Wes said when he talked about the uh, James 3.36, I mean, uh, John 3.36. In 1 Peter chapter 2 also, if you go down to verse 7, it says, unto you, therefore, which believe. that You can put trust in that word. You th- which believe or trust, he is precious. It'd be precious to you guys that are that really believing the Lord and, and really obeying and walking in and trusting the Lord. He's precious to us. Because he, he, he gave me the peace that passed all understanding. He, he gave me a joy that no man can take away. I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. You know, no matter what goes on the outside, I got the peace on the inside. But he says, unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient. Look how he, look how he puts that in, guys. He said, if you're trusting the Lord, if, if you're uh, believing the Lord, he's precious to you. But if you're, if you're not trusting the Lord, you are disobedient, he says. If you're not doing what he said, if you're not believing and doing what he says, then he's a stone of stumbling to you. But unto them which be disobedient, he's the stone which the builders dis- uh, disallowed. The same is made the head of the corner. So you either trusting as obeying, as believing, as having faith in, or you're in disbelief. Because he will obey when it comes to that. I want to bring out one other scripture too while, while you were there. Because he was talking about James chapter 2. You know, faith without works is dead. Uh, the, uh, he, he, uh, by works you're justified and not by faith, al- faith alone. James is going through and really breaking this down and defining it for people that would be confused. You remember uh, Peter said in, in third Peter, I'm, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter 3. He said there that sometimes some of Paul's writings can be hard to be understood. He said, and some people wrestle with to their own destruction. And I'm afraid this was happened, no doubt. They've wrestled with some of Paul's writings. And I've heard people that wrestle with that. When you bring out here in James chapter two, where it, where it says it, it's not by faith alone, the opposite, they want to throw out the book of James. I've heard people say it's just a bunch of rubbish, the book of James. It's, it shouldn't even be in the canon. Make all these excuses because they're trying to get rid of the scripture to support their doctrine. You don't need to get rid of the scriptures to support your doctrine. You need to change your doctrine to get, to get your life right with what the scripture says because you're wrong. You're wrong if you're preaching that. Look what he says also in the same book, James chapter 1. He said this. He says, verse 22, be ye doers of the word. You're trusting in the Lord. You know what you're going to be? You're going to be a doer of his word. Be you doers of the word, not hearers only. Because if you're just hearing, if you just think you're trusting in something that he did and that you don't have to walk in obedience, you are, he says, you are deceiving your own selves. I love 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 and, verse seven and 8, because it goes with this also. It says, the one who says he's righteous, and a lot of you people are saying, well, I'm righteous, but you're still walking in disobedience. And you're saying, well, I'm righteous because because what because Jesus was righteous and he took my sin and he became the filthy sinner and I became his righteousness. You, listen to what the scripture says. Only the one that does righteousness is righteous as Christ is righteous, but he that sins is of the devil. I don't want you to be of the devil. You, the only way you're righteous is if you're doing righteousness as Christ is righteous. Now, this is what they're telling you. One more thing, Wes, and I'm gonna give it to you. He says in, in Jeremiah chapter seven. Listen to what you listen to what's happened to you, a lot of you out there. And I'm trying to help you. I want you to listen to me for a minute. 
and just listen to what the Word of God says. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm giving you what the Word of God says, what we're doing. He says in verse 8 of chapter 7 of Jeremiah, he says, Behold, you're trusting in lying words. And that's what I'm telling you too. I'm agreeing with this word. You've been trusting in lying. Somebody's been lying to you. Somebody's been telling you that you're saved and you're going to heaven, that all you need to do is believe in the finished work of Christ. They are lying to you. You must be a doer of God's word and not a hearer only. He says, behold, you trust in lying words. They can't profit you, he says. There's no way that's going to profit you by you thinking you're just going to believe something is going to happen. There must be works that follow. He says, will you steal? Will you murder? Will you commit adultery? Will you you, uh, swear falsely? In other words, lie? You're lying? All of you saying, oh, I told a little lie. Are you doing that? And you think you're fine? He says, and walk after other gods whom you know not. What's the other gods? Any idol that keeps you from really coming all the way with the Lord. And then you're going to come and stand before me, God says, in my house here, which is called by my name, and say, we're okay. We're mm. delivered. We're okay. God's blood washing, Christ's blood washes all that away. We're delivered so we can still do these sins and be saved. That's exactly what Jeremiah was prophesying would happen to some of you. It beware the false prophet who comes in sheep's clothing. But he's mm-hmm. an animal. You know what he is? He's a hireling. That's right. He's a hireling. And he, what, what's going to happen when things get, the hireling flees. Why don't, you, why don't you check out how much money he makes a year by your preaching? I check those out sometimes and I'm, I'm just blown away because they're hirelings. It's about yeah. money. It's not about your, it's not about loving you and caring about you. You say, oh, my pastor, he's just so great. Such, such one. Yeah, but you better, if he's sinning, he shouldn't even be a pastor. Why? First Peter, why? First Timothy chapter three, verse two says the, the requirement for a pastor is that he be blameless. He's admittedly saying he's not blameless. So what are you doing? You're just sitting there. Oh, he's so wonderful. No, mm-hmm. he's lying to you. Titus chapter one, verse five through nine said he must be blameless, pure, and holy. That means no sin. If he's got sin, he fits in the category of Matthew 7. He is a false prophet. He is a, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing because he's bringing forth bad fruit. You got to wake up, man. That's about, like the scripture you quoted a while ago. It doesn't just say in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, um, you know, it said, just go and sin no more. He says there, wake up and quit sinning. Don't be deceived. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? He didn't say, know ye not that those who don't trust in the finished work of Christ won't inherit the kingdom of God. It says those that are unrighteous. We already explained what unrighteous was in 1 John 3, 7 and 8. He said, then he names all those sins. I'm giving it to you. We're giving it to you. What are you doing? Go ahead, Brother Wes. Because it gets into, are you trusting? Are you trusting in, you know, if you trust in Jesus, you trust in the entirety of, of, like I said earlier, his message and the New Testament. So Paul wasn't contradicting Jesus, according to like 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you know, there where it talks about these things, the works of the flesh are manifest, they're evident. And then he names them covetousness, you know, idolatry, uh, you know, sexual immorality, all the different things that he lists there. If you really trust Jesus, you're going to trust that hey, these things will disqualify you and I don't want to be in those things. I trust Jesus. It's like where Jesus says in Matthew chapter five, you know, you have heard that it was said of old, do not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Pluck mm-hmm. out the evil eye. Pluck out, pluck off the evil hand and put it from you or else you're going to hell. Hey, do you trust Jesus? Do you trust what he said there? Or are you trusting in these false teachers that are telling you and tickling your ears and giving you a message that's contrary to Jesus. Do you, you, you can only, you only got two options. You're either going to trust Jesus and what he said, or you're trusting in these lying words that Jeremiah says. I mean, look in verse chapter seven, verse three, if you just back up a little bit, it says, thus says the Lord God of uh, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings. So amend your ways means change your ways, repent, do different, change your lifestyle and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. And this is what he says, verse four, do not trust in these lying words saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Now, isn't that what they're saying today? They're saying, hey, you know what? Because who's the temple of the Lord in the New Testament? Every individual is the temple of the Lord. We're supposed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so you have all these people that are disobedient, living in the works of the flesh. And what are the false teachers or false prophets saying of our day? Hey, the temple of the Lord are these, these people that are disobedient, that are in the works of the flesh, that Paul clearly says will disqualify them from the kingdom. They're, they're giving you these lying words saying God's approvals on them. They're the temple of the Lord when re- in reality, they're not the temple of the Lord because according to Acts chapter five, he gives his spirit to those who obey him. You have to be, you have to become the new wine skin to hold the new wine of the Holy Spirit, right? You have to abide in his word. His word has to abide in you, meaning you're obeying him. And then he comes and makes his home in you. You know, his father, the father and him come and make their home in you. Not before. You know, so you have to escape the corruption of the world through lust to be a partaker of the divine nature, according to what Peter says, not before, but they're saying you're the temple of the Lord. God dwells in these disobedient so-called Christians and, and and he doesn't. And so these are the lying words that you're going to see. And that's why like you're, you're either going to trust in man or you're going to trust in God, but you can't be trusting in both. Just like what Jesus says there in Matthew chapter six, you can't serve two masters. You can, you could also say you can't trust two masters. You can't serve them because that's what really trusting and serving would be the same concept. You're either serving one, you either love the one and hate the other, or you despise the one and, and you're loyal to the other, but you can't serve God and anything else. You can't have a competing alliance And so you're either trusting him. Here's Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So your mind is steadfast and stayed on God. And that's what trusting the Lord looks like. That's why Proverbs chapter three gives the proper definition of trust, trust in the Lord. Like what Don was reading earlier with all your heart, Lean not to your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. So what happens if you're not acknowledging him in all your ways? What happens if you're not trusting in him, leaning not to your own understanding? What does that equal? That means that you're trusting in you or you're trusting in man, but you can't be trusting in man or trusting in you and trusting in God. So that's why we would say trust has to be more than just a conceptual thing. It has to be you obeying God 
and out of that, that that's when you're actually uh, really, truly, biblically trusting God in a saving way. Let, let me share this with you. A lot of you have been told of the saying, well, just trust in the finished work of Christ. I want to tell you what the finished work of Christ is. In John, John chapter 19, Jesus, when he hung on the cross, and he, and he before, right before he died, he said these words. He said, it is finished. And that's where a lot of them get, well, that's the finished work of Christ. What did Christ do by going to the cross? He became a high priest uh, that was blameless and perfect. He became a lamb that was the sacrifice from the high priest that was also without blemish and blameless as he hung on that cross. So what did they do for us? We know that the blood of bulls and he goats could never take away sin. But through Jesus, what he did when he died for us, he took our sins away. The Bible says that in 1 John chapter 3, that Jesus came to take our sins away. John the Baptist knew that that was what he was going to do. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Well, what does that mean to take away your sins? That means all your past sins that you did and when you were walking in disobedience, that they could never in old times completely go away. They had to, It was still in the people's conscience. They could never really be completely washed away. But by what Jesus did as a high priest and a lamb, by his blood, it washed away all our past sins as though we had never sinned before. And through the blood and through what Christ did, he sent forth the promise the promise that would give you power. Now, why would you need this power, this dudamous power he talks about in Acts 1-8 of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, to walk in him in strength and to do his will. When the power of God comes upon you, we read the scriptures like in, like in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, he says, I can do all things through what? Through Christ who strengthens me. It's not that you quit doing all things. It's not that you stop doing those things that Christ commanded. Because listen, the trust in the Lord is to trust what he said when he said them of go and sin no more. So when somebody says, well, I can't stop sinning, I say, that's what Christ did at the cross. He made it possible that through him, you can do all things through him who's tr who, who strengthens you. And also in 2 Corinthians 2, 14, he said he made us more than conquerors through him. And in Romans chapter 8, he said that he causes us to always triumph over sin through him. And 1 Corinthians 15, he says that thanks be to God, which gives us the victory. That's why there's the sting of death is swallowed up. All that's taken care of. This is the finished work of Christ. He didn't do a finished work of Christ so that you could just say, well, I'm just trusted in this. If you do that, you will end up in hell. I promise you. What you do, if you do what these false preachers are telling you. Because sin cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can tr say you trust all you want. You're really not trusting according to what the word trust means in the word. It means obedience. It means following him. Christ, you're trusting in his word. He is the word of God, John 1.1 1, 1 says. And John 1.15, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Amen. said this. I want to give you one scripture here, and I'm going to turn it back to you, Wes. In John chapter 12, Jesus is speaking, and he's talking here, and he's talking to all of us. And he says this in verse, 40, verse 46. He says, I am the light. I am come a light into the world that whoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. So he shouldn't abide in sin anymore because he's going to walk holy. If any man hear my words 
And we talked about his words, like he said, go and sin no more, be perfect, because your father in heaven is perfect. All the things that Jesus commanded us to do, like the rich young ruler that came to him, what must I do to have eternal life? He told him to keep the commandments. So the lawyer that came to him in Luke chapter 10, what do I do to have eternal life? You know, he talked, he told him about loving his, loving the Lord your God with all your uh, uh, soul, mind, strength, soul, and all, and to love your neighbors yourself, which was the fulfillment of the law. You can't love God and not keep his commandments. He says, he says in John 14, 23, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. But look what else he says. If a man hear my words, verse 47, and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Listen to this carefully. He that rejects me and receives not my words. And this is what these people are telling you. You don't need to receive Jesus' words. They are lying. They're going to send you to hell, man. Don't you believe that? Look what he's saying. This is Jesus talking. He's the one that's got all authority in heaven and earth. He's the talking. Now listen to what he said. He that rejects me and receive not my words hath one that's going to judge him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Is this the word you trusted in? It that's better right. be. Because this is what's going to happen in the last day. You better be doing those words, he said. Are you not going to make it? Don't believe these, don't believe these false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing and inwardly ravening wolves. They're lying to you. I'm trying to pull you out of the fire before it's too late. Amen. I'm trying to help you all I can. But you got to listen to what Jesus said. This isn't my opinion. This isn't Wes's opinion. This is the word of God that you're supposed to be living by. They don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What are you living by? By your preachers? By your pastor's words? Shame on you. You're listening to lying words. You need to get out. Come out from among them and be separate, the Lord said. He said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where are you going to end up? The ungodly and the sinner. Where are you going to end up? Because that's what you are if you're still in sin. You're ungodly because you're not living like God, and you're a sinner. And you admitted that, that you sinned. Where are you going to end up? That's right. That's right. Not in a good place. We have we have a comment here from uh, JCD Christopher uh, uh, with uh, Jeremiah chapter seven. This is a good verse. I'm gonna, oops, hold on. I'm showing it right now. Um, it, it's in verse 28. I guess it's or no, actually verse 23 of Jeremiah. There, he just is connecting it via word obey. Um, and verse 20, see, it says, but this is what I commanded them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. That's what it's always been. So he's obviously saying, hey, look, to really trust, if you're trusting in God, you're obeying God. So that's that, that's a great point that he's bringing out there directly connecting. If you're trusting God, you're obeying him. Now, if you're trusting in lying words, you're going to be obeying the false prophets because you're obeying their message. You're, you're listening to their message. You're yielding to it. You're accepting mm -hmm. it. And they're hireling. Mm -hmm. They're trying to enter in another way. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through him, through what? through his message. So like when you see Matthew chapter five, it says, seek first or Matthew chapter six, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. So what's his righteousness? It's his ways. It's what he taught. It's his mm -hmm. message. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're seeking first his message, you're trusting in his message. So therefore you're believing it. And then you, that's why to believe it means to obey it. It all connects together. That's why we would say he's the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So anybody that tries to tell you it's Jesus 
alone, or it's Jesus plus nothing, just give him Hebrews 5, 9 and say, it can't be Jesus plus nothing because it says he's the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So when does, when does your obedience have to come into play? In repentance, in repentance. That's when you're yielding. That's when you're losing your life. So if anybody says, hey, it's not of works, it's not of works, it's just Jesus. It's the finished work on the cross. And, you know, and then later on works happen later. Give him this, ask him, say, well, Jesus said you have to lose your life in order to have life. So how would you have life if you haven't lost your life? And then say, is losing your life you doing something? I mean, that will stump them, right? That'll stop them right in their tracks. They'll be like, hold on a second. If Jesus says you have to lose your life to have life and is losing your life, do you doing something that that means I have to do something to be saved or have life? You got it. You got it. It's gonna, It's got to be you doing something. And that's why a man is justified by works of, of what? Obeying Jesus Christ, yielding to his message, losing your life. And then that's what equals you having life. And so uh, I just encourage you guys to, whoever's watching right now, just if you can like this video so that it goes out to uh, multiple people and it will help the algorithm in YouTube. And if you can, if you have any questions as we're doing these lives now or in the future, if you have anything that, hey, you just want to know like something, uh, we want to be able to answer questions as well, um, as long as it doesn't take us too far off topic. Um, but, uh, feel free to, to, to leave any comments or anything. Also, like if, if you have a verse that, you know, catches your eye that would tie in with what Don and I are presenting here, feel free to do that as well. And so we're just really saying that if you, if you really trust Jesus, you're trusting in what he said. If you, if you look at like, what did Jesus come for? What was the reason why the father sent Jesus? Obviously people could say, for God so loved the world that he, you know, he, he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We brought that out. That believe means to obey. Look it up. John three thirty six. It's towards the end of the chapter. So, so what, what were you, what do you need to obey or how is it that you need to believe you're believing what you're trusting, what you're trusting Matthew one twenty one. Matthew 121 says, and Mary will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Tie that in with Acts chapter three, verse 26. It says to you first, speaking of the Jews, you know, God sent Jesus, his servant Jesus to bless you in turning everyone away from their iniquities. So what was the point? The purpose of Jesus coming is to turn you, turn the Jews from their sin, turn them away from their iniquities, just like Matthew 21 is saying. So that's what, if you're trusting or you're believing, you're trusting that is true. Therefore, you're leaving your sin, you're losing your life. And that's what we're trying to bring out. It's not a conceptual trust. It's not a conceptual belief because according to James, if it's just a conceptual belief, even the demons believe and tremble. It has to go beyond that. Yeah. And that's why it, there's a necessity of your obedience or of your works connected to Jesus's message in order for you to be just in God's eyes. So go ahead, well, Don. 
you know, we um, explained today what you need to do and what every one of us had to do. Jesus said in John, in, um, I'm sorry, Luke 13, 3 and 13, 5, he said, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. And we gave you the pathway to find that place of repentance. And I think if you listen to the words today and you have, and hopefully you have conviction on your heart if you've been living that other life, and this will touch you and help you because we're here to help you. We're not looking for your money. We're not looking for anything out of it. But we see a dying world that's being lied to, and we want the truth to come forth. And please help us to bring that truth forth. But if you're with us today and you haven't come to that place of repentance, now the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, he said that it's the goodness of God, verse 4, it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. So it's the goodness of God that you listen to this today. Because it will lead you to repentance. It will show you the way. And we showed you that. We instruct you that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul writes and he said, Godly sorrow leads to repentance. So you know what? If you've been doing what the false teachers tell you, you still have that sin. And you're still in sin. And you have to come to the place where you have godly sorrow for that sin. Because you're not going to make it in heaven like you. You say, well, you scared me. Well, the Bible says, by the fear of the Lord, Men depart from evil, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So it's okay if you're fearful. I don't care what your motive is, but you need to do this. You need to get that godly sorrow and just cry out to God. And as you're crying out and confessing your sin, the Bible says to confess it and forsake it. In uh, Proverbs 28, 13, or 1 John 1, 9. As you're doing it, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, to clean you up from all your past sin. And everything you've done. That, that is just a wonderful promise from God. But you have to go further than just the, the godly sorrow. The worldly sorrow leads to repentance. And maybe you've had that before. I'm not saying you didn't have an experience. But worldly sorrow, when you do that one, it's, you're going to continue to sin. This has got to be a godly sorrow. A commitment in your heart to never sin again against God ever again by forsaking it and say, nope, that's it. I'm living for God all the way. I'll never, I'll never go back to that. And um, when, you, when you do that, excuse me, when you, when you do that um, and you break before the Lord, then uh, you turn from your sin as in you repent. That's the goodness of God to bring you to that where you turn. Repentance means to depart from sin, to uh, be walking in one direction and go in another, uh, it, 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 which causes uh, that kind of turning causes uh, the action of your life. Like we talk about the trusting in the Lord today. So when you have that repentance, you receive salvation then, not before. You don't have salvation until you repent. Jesus said that. Unless you repent, you'll perish. So you understand that repentance is what it takes to have salvation. Once you have your salvation, he says this. He says it's salvation not to be repented of. You say, well, what does that mean? That means once you've repented of, repented of your sins, you don't ever go back to your sin. You don't repent and say, well, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, I did that. That's what you're saying. If you go back to sin, you're just basically saying, I mean, I'm sorry, I quit sin. I'm going back to it. Very, very dangerous place. Don't go back there. Walk with the Lord continuously in that. And in the same chapter, Romans 2, and I'm just a minute, it says that God's going to render to every man according to what? That's Believing what in the church of Christ? No. What does it say? Listen to it. This is Paul preaching. This is the New Testament. Paul says he will render to every man according to his deeds in, chapter, in verse 6 of chapter 2 of Romans. He said to them in verse 7, who by patient continuance 
in, in well-doing, they're continuing to trust God. They're not, we, didn't be, we didn't go much on that, but we say trust the Lord, but you're continuing to trust. You're continuing to obey. You're continue, continuing to, be, uh, to walk in faith. Con patient continuance in well-doing. It's sin well-doing. Sin's not well-doing. Sin's wrong-doing. But well-doing, you continue without sin. Seek for glory and honor and immortality. That's the one that's going to have eternal life. But, Amen. here's a but. But unto them that are contentious, man, I hope you're not contentious. We run into a lot of people that are contentious. They don't want to come out of what they're in. Don't be contentious. A contentious is a proud man. But, and right. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble, he says in James 4. He says, but unto them that are contentious, headstrong, and do not obey the truth. Listen to that. This is the person like what you might be doing. You're not obeying the truth. You're not obeying Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You're not obeying what Jesus said. What are you going to get? But obey sin, unrighteousness. They get indignation and wrath. Guys, take this serious. Amen. This is serious. I don't yeah. want to see you get this indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul that sins, that does evil to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. You say, well, I like Paul's writings. All right, you like Paul's writing? That's what he gave you. There it is. There it yeah, is. Roman, Romans 2, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it can't get any clearer than that. It can't get any clearer than that, Don. It, it really can't. And, and look at how it says it. patient continuance in doing good. Those are the ones that get eternal life. So it's not do good eventually. The, the wording there is very precise that Paul's giving there. He's being very precise, patiently enduring. You're enduring in what? Doing good. So that when when does this this beginning of this goodness have to start? Are you actually doing good works in repentance? That's why you're continuing in it from the beginning of your salvation. You're holding on to it. That's why it's a patient continuance in doing good till the end of your salvation. And then that's when you actually get eternal life because you're holding on to it. Now, if it's how they taught it, Paul would say uh, to them who eventually start doing good at the end of their life. That's how Paul would word it. We, uh, but Paul didn't word it like that. So what, what, when he words it like patiently continuing and doing it, when did it start? In repentance, it started. And that's why you don't even have an initial justification don't listen to these false teachers that try to separate an initial justification yeah. or initial salvation yeah. from a final justification or a final salvation. It's not separate. There's no separation between the two. The only thing that makes it stay or stick is that you hold on to it. This is why Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 says, I keep under my body. I keep it under. I, I keep it under subjection. And then if he holds it that way, he's enduring to the end. Now, if he jumps ship and goes back to his old life, like Demas has forsaken me by loving this present world, right? If you go away from it and you, and you turn away from it, because anybody can, you lose your salvation, you right. lose your justification. That's and right. we're trying to make that very clear mm -hmm. because we want people to realize that this, if you're trusting, or even the word, the Bible uses this word, like believe it, believe it. It doesn't have to do with a one-time belief. It has to do with an obedience from beginning uh, 
to the end. You're continuing in it. It's present tense. Now you, you keep and you hold that to the end. So if you're trusting Jesus, you're trusting him from beginning to the end of your salvation. And so therefore you're growing in knowledge and grace. And so we like to, to let people know, grow in knowledge and grace. Yes, you, you're not perfect in knowledge. We're not expecting you to show up in Christianity and be completely have all knowledge and be perfect as God in knowledge. But we do expect you to be living morally upright according to the knowledge that you have. The works of the flesh are manifest. The works of the flesh are evident. They're clearly seen. You can't be in any of those. You can't be in any works that, of the flesh that lead to spiritual death or you're disqualified. You can't be any, in any of those because none of those are love. None of those have any love at all. And if you don't love God, if God's love doesn't abide in you, let's say you hate your brother, you're a murderer and no murderer has eternal life in them. Right. So that's not what these false teachers are teaching. They're saying Jesus paid it all. Jesus did it all. He finished it up. Well, what about all these other verses that we're bringing to the table? Are you going to ignore them? Are you just going to turn a blind eye to them? Is this going to be like the ostrich effect where you just stick your head in the sand? Well, let me tell you, you're not going to be able to stick it deep enough in the sand because yeah. when the day of judgment comes, all this is going to come back because you heard it. We're sounding the trumpet today, right? We're lifting up our voice like a trumpet and we are not being quiet about it because this is, this has to do with heaven or hell. This has to do with the salvation of your soul. And if you just want to just turn away from it and ignore it, it's going to be brought back up in the day of judgment. I want to just plead with you to take these words at heart, go back and listen to them again and again. And take them to heart and do something about your life. You got to do this. This is so important. What we're speaking today is so important. Why? Because it's God's word and it's about your final day. I, I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you there. Will you be there? Will you do these things that the scripture is commanding you to do to make it? Because if you don't, if you don't do it God's way, says, if any man strives, let him strive lawfully. That means do it the way God said to do it. And we gave instruction through God's word to get things right with you, right for you. So please take the time. Now, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to ask Wes, if he would, to close in prayer. To pray, we, and I want to pray with Wes for you, to help you. That you'll, you'll get by yourself and you'll go kneel down somewhere. And you'll just realize what you've done. And realize where you're going and cry out to God for help. This is, this is the truth here. Isaiah 66, 2, Psalms 51 and Psalms 34, the scripture in each one of them. And it says this, if you'll come to God, I don't care if you think you blasphemed the Holy Spirit in the past. I don't care if you think in any of this stuff. If there's conviction on your heart, that means you don't have a reprobate mind yet. So you can do this. He said, if you'll come to me in a poor and a humble spirit, a contrite spirit of being broken for what you've done in your past. And you'll come before God, trembling at his word for what we brought before. He said, because you need to tremble at that word. You need to be really concerned. He said, if you'll do that, he will in no wise cast you out. Amen. That's the good news. So you can ask him and you won't be cast out. I urge you, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time. 
Don't put it off because you don't know if you have tomorrow. Right now, Brother West is going to close in prayer. Pray with him. Ask for the forgiveness. Confess your sin. Commit to God to never sin again and walk with him. Don't you believe you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Then do it. Okay? Brother West. Father, we just come before you and we just ask that anyone that is come across this message. We believe that it was a divine connection, God, that somehow it wasn't by happenstance that they clicked on this video, Father. And we just ask that your conviction, uh, if it has come over them and they are turning to you with all their heart, we just ask that you, uh, you know, bring an enlightenment, show them, lead them, guide them. And we just pray that there would be that this message that you've given us, because we know that we've experienced this, where there's an unshackling, Lord, of all that we sold, people have sold yeah. themselves into sl the slavery of sin, that you would break that shackle, Father, upon their life, Lord, that they would begin to feel liberated, Father, that you have said that take your yoke upon them, that it's under your law that they could put that on them because your yoke is easy. And your burden is light. Help them to learn from you and follow after your voice and obey you from this day on into the future. And let them hold on to that and continue in obeying what you have said. Let them search it out. Let them continue to dig deep and not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. You've given us this instruction. You've given us this book to be able to compare spiritual things with spiritual so that we can grow in wisdom and grace, Lord. And we just thank you that you've given us this uh, testimony of victory, Lord, and that others can walk into that same testimony that we can encourage them and strengthen them and that we all could build each other up in this walk as brothers and sisters in Christ. So I just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I would like to just encourage people to do Share this video, get this message out, like it, you know, if you can share it with as many people as, as you can. There's just a great deception that's out there in the false system and they're feeding the people lies. And the only way, even if you don't feel like, Hey, God's given you a message to teach at least, you know, with whatever God's given you, you know, you could share these messages. You could put them on your Facebook. You could send them to friends and family send them out there. And out of doing that, at least you're not bearing the talent. We don't want you to bear in the talent. Jesus said, if you, if you were wise, you would at least have invested it into the, with the banker. I mean, at least you would do something with it. And if you don't feel that God's qualified you to be a teacher, get behind this ministry because we have diligently you know, sought after God so that we could be good stewards of the mysteries of God and really bring forth a message that's not tainted with, uh, an, you know, the adulterated message that's out there. So send it out, like, and subscribe and share it with as many people as you can. And, and, and at that point, I think God will bless you for that. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to help this message get out there to, to different people. We want to do another message in the future in line with this message. And I'm not sure exactly when we're going to do it, but it's going to be in regards to the old Testament and how um, it taught the Bible uses a word to like to hear and the word to hear also ties in with obedience I anywhere in the Hebrew where the word here is, 
in the Old Testament, there's only one word, and it means both to hear and to obey. So just remember today, if, if you didn't get everything that was said, at least, you know, go back over the video, even for yourself, take down some of these scriptures, study them. You know, if, if your sword, the sword of the spirit is the word of God that you have, you got to ask yourself, how big is your sword? You know what I mean? Like how big is your sword? And if you don't feel like you have much, you know, your sword's not that big, then you need to start digging into the Bible, studying God's word, yes. you know, sharp. That's what will sharpen your sword yes. so that when you get those attacks throughout the week from the devil, because if, if you're walking in righteousness, believe me, the devil does not like that. And he will try to attack you. But if you keep filling yourself with God's word and studying it and listening to these messages and digging deep within the Bible for yourself, you're going to know how to combat the devil. On you know, and he's gonna flee, he's gonna leave you. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he's gonna flee. So the devil's gonna flee, the, any demonic presence gonna flee, it's not gonna stick around. But you got to, you know, like what we said out of Isaiah, you know, 26 3, there's gonna be perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Keep your mind stayed on God. And, and out of that, you're going to have a peace that surpasses all understanding and you're just going to, you're going to walk in victory and then you're going to be, be able to, uh, you know, be a testimony for others. Um, so, uh, we just got, a, I was just going to share a comment. Somebody had put, uh, out of Luke nine sixty two, anyone that puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So don't look back. You know, put your hand to the plow. The plow speaks of work, speaks of obedience. That's when you initially come into the kingdom. And from that point, from this point until now, until the finished, uh, you finish your race, continue to press on and hope Don and I were an encouragement to you and look forward to the future and us doing uh, many, uh, hopefully God willing, we'll do many more live feeds like this and answer questions if need be, as long as they are in line with what we're trying to present. So any last words, Don? Yeah, I'd like to say this to the people, to the listeners out there. I, I want to thank you for listening today, first of all. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and I'm so excited, uh, believing the Lord, that the Lord touched you today. We want to hear from you. So you have a comment section below. If you'd comment, uh, if you'd write to us and tell us what the Lord did for you today and what the Lord's doing in your life, we would appreciate that. We want to be a help to you. If, you. if you want to support this ministry and help get this word out, we also encourage that and we'll be glad to help you with that. So God bless you. We love you guys. Again, make sure that you hit the subscribe button below if, you, if you're not already subscribed and hit the notification button so you'll be notified of future videos coming out. God bless you. Have a great evening, day, morning, whatever it is over there. And thank you again for tuning in and for supporting us in this ministry we love you, we care about you, and we want to hear from you. God bless you. Goodbye.